Hello, we are a tribe called Just, broadcasting aboard our United Skyship. I'm Sean Collins, here with my fellow council members, Evan Dunn and Dylan Hughes. (laughs) This is our 11th meeting since we left behind the smoldering rubble of the American dream in order to build our, our ideal society among the clouds. Each week, we discuss issues from the earthly community below and our own community here in order to lead us all toward a better future. The rules of the society are simple. All we ask is that you contribute. Any contribution will do, so follow your passions and see where they take you. Yeah, so. Where is this shit from? Is this a, that recent hallway I have not. I don't think I've heard I think this before. is just a simple uh, uh, riff. Yeah, very well could be. I'm pretty sure it's just like a... Uh, I don't even know if you know where you're from this from? This is Jake Ocean. What's that? The internet. The internet. Oh, I saw good, good good it on SoundCloud. Possible way that I could hear all Danny Brown verse and not know what he knows. I can't Joining me today are Sean Collins and Evan Dunn, the regular council members. Yep. I am Dylan Hughesney, and we today we have Paul Collins, brother of one of our council members, Sean Collins. Paul, it's nice to have you here. What's up? <laughs> so this is your first time, obviously. I don't know, even know. I'm very out of the loop here in terms of your, you know, respect to where you came from and what you're doing here. Are you planning on moving up here? Do you live here right now? What's the uh, status on your? Uh, I, I live here now. Okay. I'm um, the agriculture and food minister for Lutalica. <laughs> okay. Good shit. I mean, yeah, I was saying, we, was we had the position filled, but I have I don't keep tabs on who does what. I just know very small sect of people that I interact with. with well, that other guy. Do. That other guy wasn't doing well. No, that other so guy we fucking picked him out. Great dude, but I had no idea what he was doing. <laughs> Burned him at the stake. Yeah. Um, so, what exactly does that imply? Being the agriculture and food minister. Uh, I'm in, I'm in charge of the aeroponic system, uh, making sure production levels are adequate for food supply. Um, they do food production systems, you know. Okay. Making sure nutrition is balanced for the residents of Lutalica. Was this a job you were pushing for, um, you know, before moving here previously? Oh, yeah. As you can tell from my really excited tone, I'm really <laughs> passionate about plants. Right, of course. So as we I'm are. really passionate about food systems. I really, you know, it gets excited. Mm. Making sure everyone can have a balanced diet in a sustainable I mean, way, and we we need people like you who can communicate how important agriculture is in a time like this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we really do. <laughs> so I I appreciate your enthusiastic tone. Somebody uh, that's not beholden to you know the <laughs> food industries and trying to push things uh, agendas forward that things that contain lots of sugar and nutrition kind of you know will go out the window at a certain point when you're beholden to something and it's you know having somebody like this that knows sort of is passionate about this and understands the basic nutrition and isn't in a position where you recognize this but are just completely cutting it out out of spite for the people that live here i mean mm-hmm. this is uh absolutely something that you know, this wouldn't work without basically what we have here i mean right. 
with uh, respect to how this kind of thing affects on Earth. We have enough food and we have sustainable methods to sustainably feed everybody as is below us, but clearly because of how what you know ties are and how people who people are beholden to, it just doesn't work out. So yeah. and, and tight community, something like this is very feasible and it's the only reason we're still here at this point, several months after our takeoff. And a related question, why didn't you succeed in feeding everybody when you were back on Earth? Yeah, well, that's about a good question. I think uh, when you really look at food production, f- food production systems on Earth, mm-hmm. really, if you trace a lot of the problems, you can get back to capitalism as kind of mm-hmm. a big problem. I mean, there's not a right. It's certainly not for like a lack of resources, right? No. We have enough food. Yeah, it's just the way that the food is distributed. There's more than enough food to feed everyone on Earth. It's just mm-hmm. not being given to them. Oh, most definitely. And, uh, like, starvation itself isn't really a problem on modern-day Earth anymore. There's kind of more problems with malnutrition and not being able to have a balanced diet Mm -hmm. or not being able to afford a balanced diet that kind of really put problems. So that's why I was attractive about Lutalica is because they could develop a food system basically from the ground up or from the space that, uh, <laughs> that uh, you know, wasn't beholden to the morality of capitalism or maybe the lack thereof. Yeah. I think yeah. probably yeah. from the grav plating up would be the most mm-hmm. accurate. Yeah. Grav plating, that's fine. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah, you make a lot of good points about <laughs> capitalism, and I think a friend of the show, Seenable, uh, would agree with you on many on many points about yeah, capitalism. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Cenable. Cenable's a are great, we, great Are we going to have Cenable on this week to talk about capitalism? He, he, I think he his uh, his charter ship on the way up had some delays. Okay. He might be here today. He might come towards the end. I mean, it's an open council meeting. He, the door is open, obviously. Right. Okay. It's an open invite to Cenable. Do so we have, if he shows up, maybe. Do we have intel on whether or not he's still grounded? Oh, uh, I think <laughs> his grounding was officially lifted on Wonderful. Sunday. Good, um, good to hear. Yeah, it was only uh, it was only a week long grounding. Okay. All right. Well, we'll we'll see if he gets here. Maybe not. Yeah, I mean, I will say his grounding really hasn't affected his output. He's been really, <laughs> really productive in terms of YouTube views and videos. I think, and I'd say he probably puts strong out strong opinions. Three videos every like five days. He does mm-hmm. them all at once. He, yeah, yeah, he releases like a blast. So he'll do like three or four a week at once. Yeah, yeah. His his uh, desire to you know expand consciousness greatly outstrips his uh, parents' <laughs> desire to keep him <laughs> locked up and behaving. So it's, yeah, I, I heard American his director. dad. I heard his dad uh, destroyed his Wii and possibly his iPhone. Oh geez, not the iPhone. Uh, yeah, his dad's really <laughs> a fan a of capitalism. It seems. <laughs> I mean, all tyrants need to be overthrown. That That's seems to be the... yeah. It's very. I mean. He, his dad's been liberated by the the rhetoric in this mm-hmm. new uh, this six, new regime. Six Semper Tyrannus, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. JWB. And and two don't, say, don't tread on me. <laughs> What's that mean again? <laughs> no one knows. Uh, yeah. Troy doesn't. All right. So, anyways, food, it's yeah. good. Food's you should great. eat it. Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm, a gr- I'm totally agree. <laughs> no quarrels with that. Two hundred yeah, people, no. feed them all. Let's make it happen. There's no reason not to. Okay. We know what yeah. we need. Yeah, so I think I think you 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 you. What would you start? Where would the like, for a food system network this small, it has to start small. Yeah, it would be a couple. You said aeroponic uh, yeah. setups and possibly some other setups. And we, I mean, the cost, the under the overhead's got to be pretty low for a community of this size. So, so the goal with uh, Lutalica's food system, we really need to establish something that didn't depend on soil. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, water's also a limiting resource on Lutalica. 
So a hydroponic system would kind of be an inefficient use of water. Um, mm -hmm. Water is going to be really important for us on mm -hmm. Metallica. So an aeroponic system was really the best way to maximize um, the... Advantage of the resources we have, and a surplus of, so to speak. Well, it's definitely. I mean, you guys got tons <laughs> of resources, but... The, utilizing you what, wanna, we, what we can... <laughs> yeah. Sustainability is all about utilizing the resources you have efficiently. Yes. So yeah. there are some people that... Um, have a kind of radical thinkers that have looked at planet Earth almost as its own spaceship, right? Whoa. It's this enclosed mm -hmm. environment with a limited amount of resources. Our goal should be to use the resources we have sustainably, and eventually they will run out, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I think it was like Buckminster Fuller, who's spaceship insane. Earth. <laughs> but yeah. like he invented the geodesic <clears throat> dome also. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool. But yeah. like, yeah, he, he talks about spaceship Earth as a concept. Yeah. I think he's the one who coined the phrase. Um, so... Yeah. All right. Something that night resources. Yeah. What so, a bitch. Something that some of the Metallica uh, citizens may disagree on, and certainly some of the listeners are going to be the idea of GMOs. Oh, oh yeah, always a hot what's, button. What's your What's your take on I GMOs? Call them GMOs. GMOs. <laughs> yeah. Gemojis. Gemojis. Gemes. I I thought you meant like iPhone emojis, but like GMOs. Yeah. Yeah. Gemojis. Yeah, that's what he meant. Just like a really mm. big corn emoji. Um. So, so my my, my <laughs> position on uh, GMOGs uh, might be, uh, might not be exactly in line with all the residents of Latalica. That's fine. Uh, Fuck them. I, re I respect that. Fuck them all. <laughs> yeah, but basically, basically, uh, we 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 like to look at the the ultimate product of the breeding process, right? Mm -hmm. So, we would want to consider the varieties that we're actually growing, not how they were bred but mm -hmm. what they actually are and okay. whether they actually do pose a risk to the environment. Not really a big problem on uh, Lutelica, right. I want to say, <laughs> but also towards uh, the consumer. Sure. Right, so yeah. as long as the – so it doesn't matter how you make the product. It's if the product's safe. That's 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 yeah. the approach I take. Okay. Um, GMO is like a tool. It's a, it's a way of doing things. That's that's the analogy mm -hmm. that I use in my mind Okay. To, Okay. Understand it. So that's where all analogies start. You wouldn't like regulate a house whether it was constructed with a nail gun or with like a hammer and nails. Right. right. <laughs> I actually that have very <laughs> specific build specs on any house that I look I at. I only allow hammer and nails. It's handmade. Well, it's artisanal. Gun, okay. You think about a nail gun. If a nail gun's poorly understood, it's very a terrifying concept. Yeah. Shift. Oh, I'm shift over. Yeah, 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 you're a little bit far away from. So the, the other council members can't hear you. There's a bit of the the arrow the dynamics of this room mean that you have yeah. to turn a little bit to the yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You uh, know. Okay, so you know. <laughs> you know. So yeah, that's that's a good point, and I've never thought about it that way, right? You wouldn't you wouldn't complain if your house was made with a hammer and nail. You wouldn't even know. Yeah. So why do people freak out about GMOs? Yeah, and I mean, it's like you said too, the process of that, as long as you're able to grow these uh, any food that you need to as GMO in a way that is sustainable and doesn't actually cause irreversible damage to the environment under mm -hmm. which it's grown, and like yep. you said, the end product is safe for consumer. Like, you have to be, obviously, there's a lot of testing that still needs to be done with that, but as long as, as, long as you know, like I said, the process is fine, then mm -hmm. you're looking at the end result there. It's not so much how it happens, but the end of that and so, so i mean that's that's everything with that I, I did just ask this question rhetorically but i guess i do want a real answer why do <laughs> yeah. people freak out about gmos because they don't understand them that's you they don't well, have okay. time to really look into let's, it a whole lot you, there are a couple buzzwords i, I yeah. with, with what i'm what yeah. i've noticed is sort of it's something where yeah don't take any 
like anything else really you see th- things about it you subscribe to certain beliefs and instead of taking the time to educate yourself it's just face value Good. you know these horrifying sci-fi constructed vegetables that yeah. are full of pumped with all these chemicals like everything else you fucking eat but god oh. forbid gmos you know i believe and because i believe <laughs> it's true uh, yes, Monsanto yes. owns the media, yes. okay. and uh, yeah, uh, they want to put GMOs in all of our foods so mm. our babies turn into Monsanto slaves. Okay, yeah. Alex Jones out. Is that <laughs> this week's I Alex, didn't know Jones, Alex Jones was on there. Yeah, he, like he, you know, he doesn't <laughs> actually live here, but every once in a while, he'll, I don't know how he gets up here, but he'll just walk in the room, yell something while recording, and leave. Like he I, I don't little... know where he goes, don't know how he comes in here. It's really remarkable, but, but yeah. It's hiding up security. He, he like, like, he like burrows into the spaceship floor <laughs> and you just don't see him again. So I definitely agree with like Dylan and Evan. Um, yeah. Dylan and Alex, D- and, and <laughs> Alex, Alex Jones. Yes, yeah. Alex and Evan on the point of there's, there are a lot of conspiracy theorists a mm-hmm. little bit that fuel part of it. And more more so with, with Dylan where like um, your point was largely people have a distrust of something that they don't understand. Yeah, it's right? an inherent fear of things that, yeah. Yeah, you fear the unknown, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, if we go back to the nail gun analogy, if a nail gun didn't exist, you know, 10 years ago, and I explained to you, oh, there's this magic device that just shoots nails right into wood, (laughs) and you were, like, a carpenter, or you were someone who's somewhat familiar with nails, you're like, I don't fucking trust that. There's no way that, like, pressured air... Sounds pretty job-threatening. Pressured air can... Nail guns taking her germs. Yeah. My, no my, my carpenter my ass is not okay with that. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, so, so in general, it, you you fear what you don't know. Okay. And they they didn't make good efforts to uh, like educate public about it. But ain't no ain't no goddamn air nailing in my house. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. that's it in a nutshell. Yeah, I mean, if you if you want to construct a house without a nail gun, you're it's definitely your right to do so. <laughs> Plant breeding doesn't have like a fence along its border saying that amateur people can't do it. Like right. probably the most famous American plant breeder is Luther Burbank, who wasn't employed by any corporation. Right? Yeah, Luther. Just in Wait, <laughs> you guys are you actually, pretending to know who no. Luther Burbank? No idea. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's really, actually really interesting, though. The idea of something like that not being beholden to a corporation doing this out of his own volition. Right, I explain, think that's very. Yeah, I want to hear about this. Explain Luther Burbank. So yeah, because I don't. I'm not okay. an asshole. No, I I, I wasn't gonna feel like I knew who that. Was. <laughs> well, no, I just generally want to know where to start. Have you guys yeah, heard of Luther no, Burbank? No, I've never, never heard of him. him. No. Okay. Yeah. 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 He <laughs> lived in uh, Southern California around like the turn of the century, like 1900s, right? around the turn of the century and he grew like he bred like dozens of different crops like there's some plum varieties that are he bred in 1900 that are still grown to this day and like Mm -hmm. he just did this as a hobby like he was a hobbyist right Right. and like eventually he realized he could support himself on this hobby of just breeding plants for fun and right and he he was actually against the concept of evolution Mm -hmm. so he didn't believe in evolution like he was or he was a Lamarckian versus a Darwinian, right? Okay. So he believed traits were acquired oh. through their environment. And that's okay. completely wrong. We know in science this right. is completely yeah. wrong today, but it really doesn't change the process of plant I guess breeding. From his just... perspective, though, that makes a little bit of sense. He's isolated, he's growing these plants, and he's changing yeah. his environment mm-hmm. in an isolated space. So that it, there's yeah. some like validity to his thoughts in that time. Based on his experience and what he's doing, I mean, I can see where he would draw yeah. those parallels. Like plant breeding itself, concept very simple. Take two plants with characteristics that you'd like to see in a new variety, mm-hmm. right? You take pollen from one, pollinate the flower from another. 
and then you look at the children from that cross, right? Mm-hmm. And and some of them are going to have both of the traits that you want. Some of them are going to have neither. Some of them have one or the other. And then you just make that selection, and then you increase the amount of seed or increase the amount of veg- vegetative matter to mm-hmm. use. Constantly experimenting and checking the work and so seeing the results of that and going forth. And it's yeah. really simple. So process. is yeah. that yeah. is that 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 would be considered crossbreeding, right? Yeah, people would call that conventional breeding. Um, okay. And people like to talk about that in contrast to transgenic crops, right? Okay. GMOs, right? Um, so whereas, explain the transgenic. How is that not different? letting those? How, how is that different bad. from just generic crossbreeding? So the, the basic process of a transgenic crop is you isolate a, a small portion of DNA from a different organism. So it could be a bacteria, it could be an animal, it could be a plant. And you insert it using biomolecular tools into the genome of your host crop. Okay. And then generally what you have to do is you actually have to do that in tissue culture, right? So you grow the this like little tiny piece of green callus on this growth media and you bombard it either with uh, like a gun, like there's the guns to deliver the particles, or you can do like a bacterial delivery system. And uh, then what you do is you regenerate from the plant. And uh, the next step is actually pretty interesting because after you get that T0 plant from, Mm -hmm. that's what they call it, T is for tissue culture, T0, or transgenic maybe, from the, you have to cross it back to the original plant that you started with. Okay, so you you basically take the specific traits you want, grow it in a sort of culture in a lab, Mm -hmm. and then... Once you have enough of those, then you transfer it to the other plant? So, so what you do is you grow up those plants from the lab. Okay. You actually take the like the pollen from the plant you grew in the lab, you cross it back to the original plant, okay. the non-GMO it was from. And the reason you do that is because plants out of tissue culture, they don't really grow very well. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of because it's a synthetic media. Like sure. You don't normally generate so plants. Is that, is that kind of like cloning? Oh yeah, that's what tissue culture is. Okay, that's cloning. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so (laughs) you're like essentially cloning the traits you want, and then using those clone parts to mix it with a different plant. That way you can, yeah. I'm assuming with that, if you have that already set where you want it, you're just going from there, sort of like a save file, basically. You have these already isolated Mm -hmm. as is, and you're just trying to get to somewhere else. But you already have made that far with these respective genes, so you're just going to use that clone to keep replicating. It's a crazy biological filing cabinet full of. So I'm not doing a good job, but I'm trying to get to a misconception about transgenics here. Okay. Okay. So the the misconception is that 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 first plant you take out of tissue culture, that first plant that you actually make a GMO, mm-hmm. is that's the plant that farmers will grow. That's the plant people will eat. Okay. That's not the truth, right? Okay. The reality is that that plant is not going to perform well in a in an environment, right? Okay. It has epigenetic modifications that kind of make it ill-suited to agriculture and ill-suited to growing in general. So you actually have to do conventional breeding at that point to isolate the specific genetic modification that you have made Mm -hmm. into an elite variety. So, okay, so what you do is is you clone something, and then with the clone, you then crossbreed it with the conventional plant. Yep, exactly as you would in conventional breeding. And then the offspring is more likely to have those traits? They'll segregate for the trait. Okay. So, so if you if your parents have a gene for red hair or something, right, right, mm-hmm. not all their children are going to have red hair. Some of them will, some of them won't. Sure. And you select the ones that will have the trait you want. Okay. Right? So, so after you do the crossbreeding bet- between the clone and the conventional plant, you then 
only select the offspring that have those traits that you are trying to acquire. Exactly. And then that is the that is where you collect the seeds from, and you would sell those seeds as the elite variety seeds. I mean, you would do a lot more testing to okay. Um, but that's basically what you're looking for, though, to ensure that everything yeah. else so like is fil- in order. It's like a filtered refinement. You, know, you keep <clears throat> oh, doing sure. these tests to get better, more likely, uh, more compatible seeds. Yeah, there's a lot of things you want to test. Um, you want to make sure they're not a threat to other plants in the environment like that's a big test that they look at um but you also want to make sure that they're actually a competitive variety versus what's already out there they have the one trait you inserted into them but they don't necessarily have everything else that makes a good plant right and you need to do conventional breeding to make sure that they have that it's more of a pastel collage kind of deal Oh yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and then the and choose your the, proper plant. the transgenic part is just one part of that, right? So it's like a really minor part of plant breeding. Mm-hmm. It's not a necessary part, right? And when it is used, it's a minor part of it. It's just like a system of refinement. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so you think well, that's? So, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say it's a very broad and lofty. If you want to stay on this topic, ask your question first. Okay. I was I was just gonna say. So do you think that the uh, the transgenic part, the the cloning part. Yeah. Do you think that's where most people have a problem with it? Oh, definitely, because yeah, because the individual sure. is very important. And well, I am my own plant. person. I don't know. And plants. Are you do own. know like, it is a plant. Like, all right, here's the thing: if we're talking about cloning humans, yeah, uh, I I kind of get the argument. You're cloning a fucking plant. Calm down. No, yeah, I'm just saying there's like some sort of overlap between those right. two ideologies. Like, there's. It's a very American individualist sort of attitude, and you know I think a lot of the religious folk, yeah, from, perhaps from a very specific perspective, often un- unnatural offense to yeah, that. They find actually, it unnatural. That's it right or, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. God didn't intend it for it to be that way. So why are we going to manipulate it? <laughs> My and try baby and get, ain't going to yeah. be manipulated right. in no way. Mm-hmm. No way, no how. And I was saying that's a huge thing with GMOs. Uh, I think in general, is I, that be, is I, be, I believe of, I believe we have a hand in the audience. Hold I don't. On. I, oh wow. Oh, is that is that Council Member Michelle? Hi. Hi. Not a hey, Michelle. Well, Continue. Citizen. But, citizen yeah. Michelle. I really think plant lives matter. And <laughs> should respect the individual plants and their lives. What about human lives? It's a bold stance. Apparently, plant lives matter. We can't get half of Americans to admit that black lives matter, but I think we can all agree plant lives matter. I think matter. we can all agree. Well, I think a lot of that too, though, Sean, is that Especially yeah, when they black lives much. matter, you know, instead of like <laughs> the idea of like taking that over all lives matter. That's yeah. that's what really comes in is that, oh, I got to remind you guys that all of them do not this specific marginalized, yeah. you know, like plant lives matter. <laughs> well, animal lives matter well, too. Well, humans and plants. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, only white plant lives matter. <laughs> I only like cauliflowers and you know tulips. There's white and asparagus. Other white that, that plants. Too. <laughs> white sweet potatoes. Can you just yeah, breed yeah. everything flash, to be I mean. white for me? I'd rather have white Brussels sprouts, white you know, cucumbers, yeah, white everything. White carrots have been phenomenal. There's so a far. saying in the in the plant breeding field. It's if it ain't white, it ain't right. So we already are working <laughs> towards that. We've all heard this before. <laughs> we all know it's true and factual um, and real news. Do you have that tangent you want to go off on, Evan? Oh right. Okay. So like. In an environment like Lutalico, where it's sort of sanitized and we're on a spaceship, mm. um, we haven't really spoke about this before, but would we pursue potentially a, a biome of sorts or, or a multiple set of biomes in sort of like a repi- replicated Earth Center so we could do sort of a naturalistic organic, I suppose would be the term, um, 
environment for growing things and and having animals and livestock and such. Yeah, I feel like sir, it, like simu- lab grown meats probably the future of our mm. meat consumption and lab grown uh, aeroponic plants is probably the future. Just efficiency wise for both of these probably. things. But yeah. But w- would this sort of space be reasonable or doable or you know what's the future of that? Do you think it would be interesting to see how much of a natural environment it would really be because. The first thing I think about is soil, so, and that's really where all you start. You need to start with all plants is in the soil, right? Mm. It's really important. That's pretty deep. So, I guess God we could. Fucking damn it! <laughs> no, sorry, it's no, no. I, really I, important. I understand. I just no, I tried you're, to. You're right. I was don't. talking to Sean. With I tried to turn okay. it into people a metaphor. Don't. People don't. And I appreciate soil. Soil is really important. Right. Soil's great. It's Sell medium. me on it. I'm not sold. It's pretty dirty. So. The, the limit, <laughs> the limit with soil in Lutalica is th- just the sheer weight. You know, yeah, we have sure. to get it delivered from you know Elon Musk or whatever. Like yeah. he, he does Which, your runs. I was saying, funny you mention that because soil our soil core. is from Elon. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Soilex is his new <laughs> his a, new development. He was a big investor in Lutalica. Very successful. So, you guys know. haven't heard about it yet, but it'll it'll hit the market soon. Soil. Soil we thank our stars for that Musk soil. We're going public soon. So yeah, Elon Musk deliver. He can deliver some soil for us. Yeah, and uh, natural environments are really important um one thing that people talk about in ecology and like in natural systems is the cultural value of that right which is something that's kind of abstract to a lot of non-ecologist people but sure it, it it really is like something to go for a walk in the woods to just be in nature yeah. like it really does do something for your culture you know? like your stomach so like your body basically your your profile like what's sticking to you what's not sticking to you that matters like if if we're in here in a spaceship for too long maybe we need to are you talking about re-immerse ourselves yeah yeah i i'm trying to catch where you're sp- coming from i was coming from more of a culture culture angle. like yeah. like culture and it's not cult like cultural oh yeah not like a culture of bacteria that's no, where i, I mean, was like i was still thinking in the that. broad sense of society okay. we have a culture right and that culture kind of depends on the natural systems that like mm-hmm. people on Earth sure. live in, right? Yeah. Like people argue that America wouldn't have the kind of mentality it did have if it wasn't this expansionist manifest destiny yeah. kind of like right. it does environment that yeah, it lived in. There are very few natives natives that were life. susceptible to disease that we just rolled over and had oh. a lot of land open to ourselves for. Yeah, we fucked them up, dude. Yeah, that was easy. <laughs> That's a bit of an understatement. It was easy though. Bi- biology had our back. We just we just bulldozed them. Yeah, we those. just gave all of them syphilis and <laughs> called it a day. So I, I think at the same time, you uh, know, because we, we as the founders of Lut- or you guys as the founders of Lutalica, you're all American in origin. I think you really should have some kind of ecological simulated natural environment which not simulated be- i only say simulated because Replicate, like, it's, it's a not synthetic soil yes. it's not really you know it's right mm-hmm. yeah. able to replicate what the ideal scenario like the environment know. for those to flourish that we can't that we don't have it natural here basically. i appreciate like, what you're saying and i mm-hmm. it makes me rethink sort of transferring my biological form to meme space because this was my previous plan and okay. it's probably <laughs> not healthy it's probably so not much. healthy God i mean um it. so i think <laughs> i think that's Wait, that's the argument for a construction of like a holodeck type thing mm-hmm. but we all know there's so many problems with holodecks. it logistically it'd be a lot easier 
I mean, you could legitimately build an ecological environment, but what would you do? Would you do like a oak hickory forest? Would you do like a black oak savanna? Would you do probably like a low lying like out? deciduous valley, something like that? I don't a know. low lying deciduous <laughs> valley. Okay. Th- those words mean yeah, something. When, 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 when space is limited, you got to make the tough right. decisions. And yeah. I would say with the like the. It's good the, vegetation. The, the actual the size of the ship right now, we have plenty of room to have a sort of replicated synthetic environment for that. I mean, we only just barely over 200 people. We don't even have all the plots necessarily set up for, you know, housing and sort of com- commercial, quote, districts. So there is space to allocate for something like that, but it does have to be very focused and specific. And we can't just I, I, go off the deep end trying to construct these environments. I mean, there is only so much space here. We got a budget. Yeah. I have a question for you guys. Would hmm. you want please that... That si- that uh, either simulated or like somewhat built system to be part of the food system. Right? Yes, I, I think I, so. that was yeah. my kind yeah. of okay. that was the core of the question. Right. Like, is that is that necessary for food development? Do we need some sort of uh, doing? I get you, you. You started off by saying aeroponics is the way to right. go in terms right. of efficiency, in terms of just re- realism. Mm-hmm. Um, but. For more diverse crops, for expansion of diversity, is it is it better to have a natural environment to work with, or is it sort of just for humans, for our mental state and social state and whatnot? If, oh, if, fuck all that. If yeah, you, no, <laughs> if you have the resources available, most definitely, yeah. If okay. you have the resources available. If we can get millions of cubic meters of soil shipped up to Lutalica, we can totally develop. Seems, like, seems cake. Seems easy. Just if you call Elon, you know, get a like a discount price. On yeah. Oh, I was like, it seems ridiculous. He's the all, fact that we were even able to be in the first place is fucking it, ridiculous. I mean, what, Elon's yeah. all about helping startup societies. He, okay. he has actually a scholarship program out, so yeah. we might qualify. I don't know. Right. We'll see. I mean, again, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this kind of thing, for mm-hmm. just donations from people who just want to see these social experiments run wild and see what people are capable of. So, I mean, certainly within the realm of possibility thus far, granted where we are. Yeah, I mean, Elon's <clears throat> very responsible for the second resurgence of space travel, so I think we should, we owe a lot to him in terms of how we got up here and our inspiration for the project. Certainly. And, yeah, huh. I mean, a lot of the technology he pioneered, so. Would I would, I, I, yeah, I would, I mean, we'd be reminiscent, like, we, we can't sort of gloss over that. I mean, it, it really is a huge re- uh, reason for he's you know, in the history books already <laughs> yeah exactly he's in our history books certainly what we're teaching kids he's a fucking godsend so i i love elon great guy but uh <laughs> i would sounds like a qualifier go ahead and throw I would, some shade on no, no 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 nothing about <laughs> elon i would most definitely support this kind of ecological integration of the agriculture system we have mm-hmm. on lutelica yeah. uh for the limited amount of people we have, given the resources that are available to us, most definitely. So, all right, I'm not sold on it. I'm just gonna, okay. I'm just gonna be devil's advocate. Yeah, um, I'm not sold we on it. Corner skeptic because space, space is limited. But l- let's say we got an upper deck. Okay, what sort of benefits do you think? I say, what do you mean? Let's say we absolutely do have an upper deck. Let's yeah. say we had an additional well, one. I, I, I'm, I'm called saying, the poop deck. Yeah, I'm but. saying let's we let's say we have an upper deck that's completely in Paul's disposal. Okay, yeah, no, completely in our that. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, so let's say it's at your disposal. What do you think, what kind of benefits do you think would be, would form from creating this biological, like uh, creating this biosphere, this biome of whatever, like you said, an oak hickory forest? 
Okay. It's like what a you, bio what, bath. What do, you, what do you think the the benefits of creating that biome would be? Um, I mean, so that, that that's a twofold question, I guess, because um, one, would it affect biodiversity in a way that's beneficial? And one, what do you think the cultural implications of it would be? So I want you to clarify what you mean by biodiversity. Um, like, would having a... Um, a biosphere of this oak hickory forest yeah. Yeah. would that lead to a greater biodiversity of our crops and would that be beneficial to our food systems mm. Mm. okay yeah that's a good question i guess i hadn't thought of that um yeah i do okay. i do think it would increase so, the biodiversity of the so from system. a biological yeah. standpoint beneficial Yes, most okay. definitely. Most definitely. Now, Arab, yeah. Now, from a cultural standpoint, yeah. okay. what do you think the implications of having this like oak his, oak hickory biome that we can all experience? What do you think? Sell me on the cultural benefits of that. So when I think about the woods right, yep. as a broad concept and the oak hickory forest as an mm-hmm. example of that, um, I. I really think like the walk in the woods kind of thing, not to sound too hippy dippy, but it like kind of like really brings a reverence mm-hmm. to a culture. Right? Yeah, no, right. There's a lot of merit there. I mean, absolutely. I go, go ahead. I just want to say there's nothing. I mean, you could yeah. argue hippy dippy certainly, but there's, yeah. I think there's a lot of like legitimacy to that kind of thing. Yeah. It's how our brains evolved. Right. Yeah. I mean, we were, exactly. on, we were sort of migratory mammals, just sort of primates who sort of followed trends. We yeah. followed plant trends we followed earth trends so i mean we shaped ourselves after the earth and if we had we're taking such a radical leap onto a ship onto a spaceship onto a new society in an effort to separate ourselves we should still keep that tether we should mm-hmm. you know keep ties to where we yeah. came from sort of not try to drift too but, far yeah from biologically even if we can't really itself. necessarily understand why it's beneficial in in some core senses like we can study that and, and move forward from there i mean mm. can only work well i think i mean yeah, I wouldn't say maybe like, maybe it's sort of a, a a problem with allocation. It's a problem mm-hmm. with uh, logistics, but it, mm. it should definitely be a future goal, if not a current goal of Lutalica. Yeah, right. I would yeah. say logistics are really the only. Like, again, I can't see any detrimental aspects of having that. Like, yeah. God forbid, you know, there's not enough space for it, or we have to sort of down, you know, make it not an idealized version, sort of a half-assed sort of yeah. you know, what we're trying to do with this. But like, there aren't. Outside of the logistics of it and making sure that we can accommodate every el- everything else we would need in this sort of society, there's nothing that I think is detrimental about having and it, a biosphere. And I especially think until we refine our uh, holodeck uh, safe settings, which, uh, what, like another 600 years. I mean, based on Star Trek uh, fact and fiction... It, I mean, we probably got 300 years if we follow the Gene Roddenberry 300 timeline. Years, it's going to work, but it's going to be sketchy as fuck. We're going right. to have people dying in there. We're going to have people getting lost. It's gonna, Their it's matter gonna, is going to get lost. It's going to break at least once a season, and then we're going to have an episode about it. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to yeah, it's gonna be tough. I think uh, I think once we run out of ideas, we'll definitely have to have a podcast about it. Yeah. All right. So here's, <laughs> here's my thing about creating like a set biome, yeah. right, as opposed to a holodeck. Obviously, I think the holodeck is ideal. Because once you create the set biome, like, it, the novelty wears off quickly, right? I understand, like, the walk in the woods, but if you do the same walk in the woods once a week for an entire year, like, it loses its 
allure. But it's that's sort the of this... same concept of why we need diversity and why we need biodiversity. Like, sure, you, you could switch it out and have different environments that we treat and that's, differently. And that's going to be a problem with the entire ship if everything remains stagnant. It's just going to be this, you know, everyone adopts. It's it's the I've heard people call it hedonic adaptation, right? Things that were once. Um, mystical and alluring and enjoyable you just adapt to them and they just become like the everyday i mean we are the gods though i mean that's our role now we we have the ability to change the environment Mm -hmm. so why can't we experiment with that and study that and just get more data about it and sort of evolve with this artificial sort of setup that we're i mean i'm gonna keep pushing the holodeck but i think for now i like the holodeck but you know we've lost far too many klingons and ferengi (laughs) and shit to them so it's it's tough it's 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 very dangerous prospect yeah i think i think for now the biome is a good idea but i think like the biome would have to change in a certain way um just to just to keep people interested yeah as humans have to change yeah you know we've got to have an environment we our environments have to change as we change yeah yeah Mm-hmm. Also, just all becomes boring yeah. and evolution. That's what it's all about. <laughs> evolution. I think it's interesting you say that environments have to change as we change. They don't have to. Okay. We can adapt to environments. Well, I want to see where Paul's going with yeah, this. No, environments can. Too. We have to chase environments too, right? I, I lo- you lost me there, but <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Didn't but really mean much. The environments change as we change, so. Really, the goal of a lot of ecology is to maintain a historical environment, right? Because the historical environment evolved naturally. It evolved in somewhat of a harmony, so there wasn't dramatic shifts within Mm. the biodiversity of that environment. The goal of a lot of ecology is to maintain that historical state of the environment. Oh, okay. Which is really a challenging thing to do. Yeah, I would think so. Isn't that somewhat, like, in... in collision with like entropy with change like isn't yes. it hard to do yes, exactly. isn't it, like, it goes yes. exactly against the grain and isn't that yeah. sort of <laughs> in in line with like a 19th 20th century like view science view of the world where you have to sort of study and learn but also and keep the natural order yeah natural <laughs> that's the words i'm looking yeah. for natural order <laughs> that i would say is the state of ecology okay yeah. Yeah. so native plants are good Non-native plants are bad. Yeah, I would say yeah. With respect to like sort of just like messing Trump's with America. ecosystems and sort of are taking there... things out and completely <laughs> fucking like that kind of thing where you try yeah. to keep everything intact and you you take out one variable, whether it be a plant or an animal or something, it completely throws off the balance of everything and exactly. trying to keep things stable as they exist currently. So I understand the desire for stable systems, but it's, yeah, that's I mean, there um, could be more to it than that. But I think are there are there different schools of thought in ecology, or is this pretty like? There are the ubiquitous. The mainstream school of thought is that natural plants, natural animals, natural insects are good. Mm-hmm. Right? Anything that isn't supposed to be there that was introduced by mm. humans is yeah. bad. Right? So that seems yeah. to almost be at odds with the GMO, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, those two things seem to be at odds. No, they're they're not. Well, think about it in this way, though. Inter- we're talking about introducing I mean, something that doesn't belong in the environment. We're also... Like we're, GMOs... Yeah, uh, I don't know. You can go ahead immediately, but I, I think with, like, GMOs, I mean, you're, you're manipulating things that are already there that are present in an environment that belong there with something, mm-hmm. chemicals and things that you're doing and sort of manipulating the way that you grow these things that already currently exist in an environment. You're not taking things in or out of an ecosystem where they be- they're supposed to belong and sort of... Mm-hmm. Manip- like, it is manipulation, but it's still... You're not altering the course of how environments exist, yeah. sort of. The w- things that grow there is what I'm thinking is 
the rationale for GMOs, even with this kind of thinking. But. Yeah, it's more like uh, like cultivation over curation. Like, you, but but with GMOs, it's a tool. Like I think Paul was trying to say, it's, okay. it's like a it's a system of okay. it, you know it's a way to do things. Right. So I mean, if the goal is to preserve the natural order, then you can use GMOs to achieve that goal. But if the goal's uh, something more radical or aggressive or something else than or anti-ecology then it's you know it's possible to use it that way so, so all right i'm a little lost the contradiction here i want to get back to it okay, okay. please um, get back to that do, do you want me to reiterate what you okay, said so yeah. I, right so the goal of ecology seems to be maintaining this natural order yes so everything's developed a certain way plants have developed a certain way animals have developed a certain way and we want to take that natural way that they've developed and try to prevent things from changing. So mm -hmm. any invasive species, you would want to get rid of them um, because they're going to disrupt that ecosystem. So an right. invasive species being a species that doesn't belong in that system, right? A species that's not natural to that system. Right. Mm -hmm. If you think of like... Um, zebra mussels in the Great Lakes. When right. zebra mussels were brought to the Great Lakes, they just ran, they just took over the ecosystem because they weren't natural to that system. They didn't have predators. There wasn't anything to like keep them in check, mm -hmm. basically. So ecology wants to prevent um, these invasive species and they want to maintain the natural order. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, GMOs mm -hmm. are genetically modified organisms. Right. How is a modified organism, how can you justify that if you're trying to maintain things the way they are, right? If you're modifying an organism, you're not keeping it the way it was. Almost definitely. And there's a complete disconnect between people who are in agriculture and people who are ecologists, Okay. right? Mm. The primary goal of those two camps mm -hmm. are in opposition, Okay. Essentially. That right? that that's what it kind of seemed like. It is. Okay. Yeah, agriculture is not a natural system. Right. No. Right. Agriculture. Trying is to feed up. people <laughs> that shouldn't even be here. You could trying argue to, like make enough food for things that shouldn't even fucking exist. Well, that are and killing everything. I mean, you could argue that's our human <laughs> downfall. I mean, there's this uh, professor uh, of anthropology who, um, not a professor rather, but who has a PhD in anthropology, who is an author as well. Thank mm -hmm. you. And he. He argues in his book that's coming out soon. I don't know when. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna plug it. But it's Christopher Ryan is the anthropologist, and he's got a book coming out arguing that civilization, and more more specifically, like agricultural civilization, um, you know, are are leap out of hunter gatherer sort of camps onto larger sort of homestead agricultural societies. Mm -hmm has caused a lot of social ills and social quirks and stuff and and like the degradation of of women in general and in, in in sort of agricultural history is attached to that like they lost status um yeah. in that time and yeah agriculture in his mind and in a lot of people's minds and a lot of uh what, what's the word uh, uh paleo minded people yeah, 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 yeah. They're they're very against sort of like the current order and the current system and and that we don't examine it enough. We don't do enough self explanation about why we're here. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it's there wasn't really a question there, I suppose. I just kind of said a lot, but um, I agree. But 
he he sort of makes a really compelling argument in in sort of the public appearances he's made so far explaining this concept where agriculture has caused a lot of these things that don't need to exist. Do you think ecologists... Okay. So is he advocating a, a transformation towards a paleo-based system? No, I think he avoids any like talk of solution right. just in, in terms of credibility and in I terms think, of yeah, like over-speaking think... or over-stating over, over uh, things. He, mm. he sticks to saying... He sticks to like tearing down old systems. Like, yeah. he's like mm-hmm. a ecological yeah. Marxist. A he, lot of what we're he, doing here, actually, not really yeah. presenting a lot of solutions, but just saying what the fuck is wrong with everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so he'll he'll say like, you know, these systems have caused sort of these sort of quirks in our societies, but yeah. not necessarily that he has a solution or that a solution is possible in in a sense. Yeah. I don't really. I mean, the book's not out yet. I don't so, read it. So. so Right, I I think we sort of skimmed over something a little bit, but agriculture okay. is One very, thing. is well, we skimmed over most things. All we do is skim. Agriculture is very skim much city. a tool, right? And it's it's if yeah. you in the scope okay. of human history, it's a relatively new tool. Yeah, yeah, oh, and, for sure. Um, so I don't know. It's it's sort of weird that I don't think agriculture, agri- and I think you would probably agree, agriculture is not natural. No. Like farming is not a natural process. No, it's only been ten thousand years. Right, and so like yeah, when, I don't when it needed to happen with respect to the people. Yeah, like it it's, all goes back to. I mean, then yeah. when the need for that arose, and that yeah. like you said wasn't so, know, ten thousand years like, like that. I guess I just don't get where <laughs> ecologists draw the line. <laughs> it's, it's a tough field. Um, yeah, you you asked really go after the ecologists. Yeah, I'm, today. I'm going no, in no. on the ecologists. No, there actually is um, a branch of ecology called structural ecology, okay. which is kind of a rebellion against the kind of nativist ecology, mm. right? I don't yeah. know if that's the okay. term they would C- use. Can you can you explain the difference a, between those two? It's pretty ecology apt for how you were describing ecology, though, natural. It, it, yeah. Base, that's what it is, right? right. right. Mainstream no. ecology yeah. is kind of the nativist ecology. Mm-hmm. No, I okay. don't This structural <laughs> ecology basically pays no attention to the natural origin of where a specific plant or where a specific insect existed previously. Okay. Their concern is that the environment is the stable system that is not going to have major fluctuations and it's it you know it can support life mm-hmm. in a stable way. So out of right? curiosity though, with something like that, would you say like with respect to maybe something like the Great Lakes you were mentioning with the zebra mussels, would they view something like that as it doesn't matter so much you know, with them being introduced to somewhere that they don't belong, but the problem is there's no predator or something for this to keep them in check. And if so, there was, it wouldn't make a difference. Is that like it seems to sort of approach it from like as long as we have a stable ecosystem, regardless of what's being introduced or taken out of, yeah. it's okay. Kind of thing. So ba- basically, the the natural ecologist, the nativist ecologist, mm-hmm. would say remove all zebra mussels right. from Great Lakes. Yep. The structural mm-hmm. ecologist would say find something else to introduce to the Great Lakes that can moderate the population levels of zebra mussels so that they do not threaten. That's what I figured. This is it's so not an issue as long as it's all balanced, basically. Yes. This matter. is okay. so analogous to immigration policy. It's so fucking absurd. <laughs> all right, like, yeah. like, nativists Bring it in. are always going, you know, we, we can't introduce these people to our culture because they'll taint our culture in sort of weird, indescribable ways that don't yeah. have any measurable effect. Okay. But keep it Wonder Bread, dude. <laughs> keep that Wonder Bread thriving. Of course. You know, of course. All right, so keep um, going. Uh, and 
and then the the sort of integrational uh, integration people who are into upset, accepting re- refugees and integrating them into society and sort of I don't it, it, I, I, I guess it, like there no. it, there is a middle ground like there is an immigration can, can, policy where there there has to be some sort of interplay between two but like one's obviously more uh, pragmatic and obvious and, so, and reactionary. Yeah, I, I and think one's mm-hmm. more like uh, compassionate and yeah. uh, just tolerant, sort of taking tolerant and, and taking yeah. So taking so, your environment as it is and yeah. and, and running with that. So the the structural immigration policy is we're <laughs> we're gonna find a way to integrate these immigrants into the biosphere. Yeah, and the, yeah. the sort nati- of just like a moderate And the nativist, policy. the nativist uh, immigration policy is build a wall. Yeah. Trump! Yeah. Send her home. Yeah. Lock, Lock her, her up. up. Lock her up. Shillery! <laughs> so, She'd be in jail. So, boom! Boom, so boom! You either lock yeah, it's up... It's funny how she got locked You up. either lock up the zebra mussels or you help them achieve the American dream. So, <laughs> yes. I, I do want to point out a fact that is kind of contrary to my whole argument against native ecologists. Okay. Point, okay. Of, point of order, Paul because, Collins. Yeah, yeah. So... There is a huge benefit of the native ecology approach, right? Okay. You have a lot of these species that are very rare endemic species that can only exist in a native environment. Okay. Right? If we allow invasive species to penetrate, no matter how much we try, there are certain other species that are going to be pushed out. Mm. Right? And they will be completely eliminated, right? Mm-hmm. So the native ecologists, their goal is to preserve the most amount of species possible. Right? They want to maintain maximal biodiversity. Evan's Evan's analogy with immigration is too spot on because that's totally yeah. the white nationalist but argument. The, the problem with ecology is that white nationalist is m- like the status quo. The mainstream, quo. yeah. That's yeah, the yeah, mainstream. Yeah. Right. So ecologists are a bunch of white nationalists is what you're telling me. Which yep. plays a huge role yeah. in why we yeah. are here to, and not down there. <laughs> the ecology like, lobby is going to be after after soon. after Evan gave me that analogy. The whole time you were saying that, I was like, "This is like when the alt right claims that there's a white genocide happening." So, do you want me to tell you another <laughs> fact that will totally genocide. support your argument and blow your mind? Yes. So, native <laughs> oh, ecology please. evolved in early 20th century Germany. Oh, of course, it did. <laughs> oh, fucking course, it did. Jesus. And like a lot of these guys. ecologists like have weird ties to the third reich that are kind of brushed aside in the history of science and Holy we kind shit. of ignore that's those. way too I fucking bet, seamless I, bet they like, have, I, they have, I don't I almost don't believe it i'm that sure they have sense. branches to like eugenics too and sort of so yeah God yeah, yeah. yeah don't get me started on eugenics i will well no, that, i hope you don't end i hope what, we keep going that's what i don't get like how can you i don't understand how you can be like a nationalist and also be like smart like <laughs> true exhibit critical thought i guess compassionate decent <laughs> worthwhile i i guess eugenics is just like keeping it all in the biosphere right i guess that's the argument like let's take let's take this plant and let's only breed it with like similar plants and let's just make bigger and stronger plants okay like I guess yeah. that's I guess that's how you rectify those two. That's well, plant breeding essentially is the eugenics of plants. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah, but that's acceptable. But it's that's okay because they're not human beings. Right, they're not <laughs> conscious beings. You're not. So yep. you're pr- you yep. s- all my so, plants sentient. So Paul, you'd say you're pro eugenics. 
for plants. Okay. <laughs> Pro plant. I was just seeing if I could get a hard yes there. Trying, <laughs> trying to get that cut for the for the DVD for extras. the ran- for the ransom tape. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, eugenics actually had a big movement in America before Hitler. Oh, oh my like, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah so there's there's dollops that dance How around much? that. There, I don't think there's a dollop that... I mean, that, do, you, um, do you know a yeah, lot about it or no? No, I, I couldn't, it's gonna I couldn't like, riff on, on here it, for sure. but yeah. it was, there was like forced Down sterilization procedures in a lot of states for people with mental disabilities in the 30s. Mm-hmm. Like, that yeah. was a big trend. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we kind of don't look at forced sterilization in a nice light anymore. You know, sure. we think about Chairman Mao as like this terrible person because of the one child policy. He limited, you know, sure. births in China and right? the revolution. And uh, so, yeah. yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a ridiculous thing to look at him as a bad person. That alone. Like, I mean, yeah. there's there lots of other things. That's you draw like from pointing here, the like... finger. That's like pointing <laughs> the finger at Trump and like, yeah, yeah, he's touched some pussies. Well, it's like, OK, yeah, he's also destroying the yeah. entire world. OK, so, he speaks. I'm going to tell you like, something. About... He's very too frank. That's so I don't. Problem. So I he's very honest. Chairman Mao. I want to talk about Chairman Mao. Yeah, please. please. Go ahead. So good people in China that I know. You know, like from China, sure. right? They're educated in China their whole life, so there's tons mm. of propaganda. I'm to sure. Influence them. Oh my god! So this, <laughs> but they l- respect Chairman Mao. They think he brought the country in a good direction. Do you know any Russians? No. Okay. Besides Eddie, <laughs> shout out Eddie, big Putin fan. <laughs> no, actually, yeah, he, uh, he, he was. He, he threw out a question. He's been in uh, town hall before. He was. Yeah. He, he, was he lives present. here. He's present. Um, he so questions. okay, so let, uh, go back to the Chairman Mao thing. So yeah. what? What like? What did he do, and what is their perception of him? So oh, their perception of them <laughs> is that he brought China from a third world society to a civilized society. Okay, so they, they do. You, would you say they revere him as like a bit of like a, a savior or like a like a George Washington type figure? That's a fair analogy. It, okay. Yeah, he started yeah. their yeah. recent political uh, existence. Like they didn't exist yeah. in the communist sense, in the sort of unitarian communist sense before that point. They were, yeah. it, w- it was a smaller, it was like a smaller nation, but it was a huge nation mm-hmm. that had different sort of sects, and it was more diverse, I think, at the time. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know fucking shit about China, but but I find the revolution and sort of the transformation that happened there fascinating because as as I understand it, like. Um, <clears throat> Chairman Mao sort of led this anti-intellectual movement mm-hmm. where yeah. he ousted some of the like highest professors and there is this youth-driven anti-intellectual <laughs> Trump um, movement <laughs> where it, where it, it <laughs> where Bannon. It, this sort of Bannon. like underclass took over yeah. and helped him fuel the system of border that he has in place now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's fucking crazy. And we don't see China in a and we don't like view China. I don't think I think a lot of people in America don't really view China with that sense. They they view them as communists and they view them as very different and they sort of have an active misunderstanding of them or just like an, a conscious ignorance of them. Yeah, it's a systematic but, propaganda fed sort of idealized. But, but yeah, like Chinese. like the way China exists right now is crazy. The way Russia exists right now is crazy. The way that Russia exists right now is fucking wild. That R- shit Russia's is just off the fucking Russia has head. always been Dude, from what? what I understand, which is little, uh, <laughs> just a bed of corruption where their hierarchy exists on corruption, yes. and like the, the, the very mob mob based and and 
a, mm. a system of order that is very you know, lots of nepotism, lots yeah, of old money, old oil money. Positions are not so. obtained through legitimacy or talent yeah, or power. So like, it, it, nowhere it, it, it near the meritocracy through. that we love to believe our Trump's America is. <laughs> all right, so I'm 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 interested in this China thing. So ha- have you like explained to them what the American perception of China, or do yes. they know the American perception of China? Uh, I don't think they knew it so much. Okay, but, but they did. They, asked they understood. About it. Okay. Because they also, like, when I told them, you know, we kind of look on Chairman Mao as kind of a bad dude, a dictator, and they're like, yeah, we kind of look at America the same way. Like, (laughs) you know, we're like, like, we can't argue any of that. That's the narrative (laughs) that goes through public education, right? At least, you know, and these are people, to be fair, these are people who are a little bit older than myself, who are educated in China in like the 80s and 90s. So mm-hmm. it might not be exactly representative of China. Insulated, today. Right. you think? Right. Oh, definitely more insulated. Oh, yeah. I mean, what well, I was saying, Mom like a Jean, byproduct dad of Jean wearing. With respect to just that point in time and like the internet as an entity itself, I mean, that's compl- like the insularity of that is just exponentially increased at that mm-hmm. point in time. I mean, it's, com- I would imagine, completely different with respect to that, the information flow. I mean, if you're Probably, talking to people yeah. that, that like were at that, at that point in time at that age, age, yeah. 90s or whatever i mean that's yeah of course it's, i mean it's something no that can gonna... definitely get overlooked too and it's not view like i don't know i feel like americans at least at our sort of age grouping have grown up with such information influx we information like uh glut like we've surplus, grown up with yeah. the internet surplus yeah, and yeah. it's we're just blessed with it so we have a lot to look at and we can sort of be skeptical of our own leaders way, actively way more to from draw a young from age than we ever than yeah, we deserve yeah, basically. Sure. and i and i guess china has their own internet servers they're very, it's a little more isolated they can't mm. get information as easily mm. but um yeah i i honestly don't know where i was headed with this point um i had a goal and mm-hmm. I lost it. So um, we'll get, information's, it, great. Like, no. information's great. Information's yeah. great. Love I mean, the internet. We'll, we'll get Thanks. back to it. But um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think there is some, like, legitimacy to that claim a little bit that, like, you know, that, like, they view us one way, we view I them the other. Plenty of I, don't, I don't think, like, either one of us is right. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to um, think about how those values were instilled, too. I mean, it is all just a product of the regime sure. and the propaganda that feeds through. I mean, regardless right, of the sure, sensibilities yeah. of the individual, yeah. what's being fed through systematically since, you know, inception, is, think, it's a product of yeah. the place that you live. And I, mean, I, I think the, the American perception is certainly probably closer to the truth because it is less censored and it is, you know, yeah. less sort of propaganda surrounding it. Mm-hmm. But there is still, like, some degree of propaganda and, like, some degree of, like, you know, like we teach our kids that like Christopher some degree Col- of propaganda. Yeah. it's fucking inescapable. I mean, I mean, but it's. I mean, I'm saying like relative to China. Relative to China, okay, yeah, that, right. That, that, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the two we're say, comparing. Right, I'm not because, saying. Yeah, at it least permeates we have, every facet of our everyday life, right. but it's not. Yes, yeah, yeah, I mean, at we, least our China. news sources and right. White House are having contention. Theirs I mean, are in the bed together talking about right. what they're going to talk about next. Well, I mean, and you know, I mean, we revere Columbus as a hero, and we revere, you know, like the the founding fathers as heroes, and a lot of them like owned slaves and like yeah. were like fucking all their slave mistresses and stuff, and yeah. that's Yo, not a problem. Paul but. Giamatti was and then, easily my favorite founding father. And then, and then <laughs> nice. And then we can get it. We can get into other things where the U.S. has like done countless coups in different countries because we, we didn't like the leaders that they democratically elected. Yeah. So we would either yeah, kill them have, or overthrow can... them. And it's like, oh, I don't know. Man, I think it's Guatemala. like, like we look at the corruption yeah. in Russia and we look at corruption in China and it's like U.S. is guilty of a lot of the same things. Oh, yeah. We're more invasive than any other nation 
bar none. Like we are, as um, the podcaster, sort of yeah, political speaker and historian. The w word here, but uh, Dan Carlin. Yeah. Uh, Got to throw in the Dan Carlin every every pod. He 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 describes as accurately as hyper interventionist. There's no other country with our foreign policy that's okay. as invasive the, the w as and the R and the, they, as America. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Not us, no, of course not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just so. Th- there's no other country that sort of has as many absurd amount of military bases, and we all pay for that. And it's something that's it's active in our reality. We don't pay for it, but um, <laughs> but it's 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 ridiculous though um, how it's evolved in this way, and and we have to contend like. Our university's taken so many people that we often see people from other uh, nations that, as you said, are insulated in this way, and it, it we we like to believe we have a bigger understanding than we do. I think in America, like we like to believe we we have this partial understanding that's more whole than it is. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, dogmatism is definitely Agreed. a hallmark of American culture. You know, I mean, it's, it's certainly yeah. Number you one. don't have don't don't need everything, but we're gonna piece together the way that you know, see fit. That's, yeah, certainly been a thing since the beginning and still persists today. Our, our perspective is so nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, but at least we're not, it, I mean, at least America's not North Korea. <laughs> yeah, this is true. At least. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. What's wrong with North Korea? That's great. I watched a lot of documentaries on North Korea recently. Yeah, what's wrong oh, with yeah? Them? Like a ton. It's just so like the what North, would you say? It's just yeah. like the colder Korea. I don't just, know what the problem is. Yeah, it's too <laughs> far north. Korea. Yeah, it's too far north, not close enough to the equator. It doesn't get as much sunlight. That's why so. I hate it. Yeah, the colder Korea. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly colder, probably. But yeah, it's just, yeah in a spiritual and mental and psychological sense. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't want to get banned from Pyongyang. Yeah, I'm already banned. Yeah, we're best subreddit. Yeah, yeah. You know, no. Chairman Mao is still on Chinese currency. Really? Yeah. He's on the fifty fifty one hmm. UN. One. UN. Yeah. Yeah. There's some great Vice documentaries about uh, North Korea, though. If you're interested. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> Shane Smith is like one of the founders of Vice. He goes there twice, and then after he goes there the second time, he gets banned from North Korea. So when they go from the third time, they go with Dennis Rodman. Of the oh my God, of, yeah. of the Chicago Bulls, insane. And they go with he th- was found drunk, like naked in a hall a hotel, like lob not lobby but hallway, I think in North Korea. In North Korea, yeah, I that. <laughs> and he's a hero so, in America. So he yeah. deserves all of our it's, praise. It's yeah, Dennis Rodman, three Harlem Globetrotters, <laughs> yeah. and a Vice correspondent. Amazing. And they play a game. They play oh a game God. of. Uh, of basketball with the North Korean national team. Oh my God. And they do like schoolyard style, like two captains, you get one pick, then I get one pick. <laughs> and so it's like Harlem Globetrotters and Shane Smith, or not not Shane Smith, some other vice guy playing basketball like intermi- intermixed, intermixed with the North Koreans. And uh, Kim Jong un is watching, and, and oh Dennis God. Rodman is sitting like directly next to him. Yeah. Like he's yeah. right on his left. Yeah. Just there. Oh, that's fucking Watching you know, basketball. I didn't love the interview, but there is aspects <laughs> of that movie that really were fun. Oh, the and interview is in the James Franco Seth Rogen film about North Korea. Yeah, the Earth movie. The oh yeah, Earth that was movie. that was terrible. It was one of the yeah, worst films I've Earth seen the last movie. handful of years. In in like And I love Franco. I, I, I love and, Franco and, and the thing is like, people, yeah, but. I don't know. It was just it, there was something like wrong with that movie and and I couldn't 
I couldn't like it, but there was structurally, parts of it. tonally. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but anyways, the part that you liked. <laughs> the jokes was bad. Yeah, absolutely. Get to the part you liked. I I just like <laughs> the fact that they're doing heavy satire on a political, not heavy yeah. satire, very very light, you know, mm. cream whip whipped cream sort of satire on a, a a leader of a country that nobody else is doing. Like it's right. a it's a movie they pumped millions of dollars in to to yeah. actually go after uh, you know a concept, a person that that has an attachment to reality. I don't know. I guess that's the yeah. only part I liked about it. Oh, so, yeah, but. one of uh, many films that I think, honestly, conceptually, was a, I like what they were trying to do with that, but the execution left a lot. Yeah, like I, I heard that was coming out, and I appreciated that somebody was doing it. But uh-huh. yeah, there were some jokes like in the tank. The whole scene in the tank was dumb. I, I don't know. You can't just throw music. It, montages aren't story. It's I don't know. I fucking hate montages. I can't deal. Yeah. Like it's just. But no, I mean, the good good kids. Though. I guess I don't have any concrete uh, criticism of that movie. So I just good job, Seth. Good job. Uh, I don't know. Evan. I good just job, uh, you guys did a very poor job. James. Try again. I'd, I'd try harder. I was sort of I was sort of weirded out by the fact that I was so interested in all these North Korea documentaries because like so I couldn't analogous. I couldn't put my finger on why I found it so interesting. I can. But it's just like, um, I, I I mean, I was thinking about it later. Uh, I'm I'm walking you through my thoughts, right? So originally I wasn't really sure why I was so into this. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the reason is like, it's just like, there's nothing like this in the world. Mm. And like, like, the, but there's nothing this extreme, right? Yeah, like, right, it's right. it's the it's most, very very specific. It's a caricature yeah. of a right, and it structure. it's like it's this. Like, the, it's hilarious. They have like these very like anti-imperialist messages, and like to an extent, they do have some legitimacy, right? So like when they talk about like the Americans as like these war-hungry imperialists, it's like. Yeah, to an extent, you're not wrong. We give them <laughs> fodder for propaganda. Always. Right. That's, America's always given fodder for propaganda. This yeah. election has given prop, fodder yeah. for propaganda. Yeah. The travel ban. Yeah. Like, we're, Everything we're, that's happened since he was we're sworn in is major fodder for And propaganda. I think, like, America's its own worst enemy. They, oh, they, yeah. they I, really I feed that. the worst enemies right. of America. We're, yeah, worst it's, impulses that we can think so, of in American society are things that we have brought upon ourselves and, needlessly. Yeah, and so, like, like w word now the actions the actions <laughs> so of we. oh yeah th- yeah that's guilty i'm the, out the <laughs> actions we still have connections clearly we've all abused these pronouns and whatever yeah. proverbs and adverbs yep. and proverbs proverbs, proverbs. proverbs. <laughs> like biblical verses <laughs> we've all hyphen verb we've all abused proverbs let he Everybody who has not used the word we cast the first <laughs> stone the best yeah. proverbs he thou um i'm a proverb <laughs> But no, I don't know. I just think like got the best metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> the extremes of all these cases, whether it's North Korea or like ISIS, it's just so interesting because and I think I find it most interesting when there is like some legitimacy to their claims. Or it's not just spouting like something yeah comparable to like a Trump presidency where it is just spouting off nonsense and their baseless claims and it's all just the agenda of somebody that's seriously mentally ill and has no idea what they're talking about. Right. Whereas <laughs> North Korea, obviously, it's a very fucking hyper insular regime. It's not. I mean. Very isolated and very sort of very specific oh with their propaganda God. and a horrible place yeah. to live. But there is a lot, of, like you said, legitimacy to the and things that they're I'm, casting. I've got a great us. idea for a TV program, um, maybe like a half an hour, uh, you know, 10-episode uh, ten, ten run maybe, um, 
Kim Jong Un, six seasons in a movie. Donald Trump, Don't okay. so short. Kim Jong Un, Donald Trump spelling contest. Okay. It might not last I mean, thirty not, minutes, but that, would, that could make a killer like they YouTube. Don't think about three it. letter words. They moved to four letter words. Don't think about it. They okay. do two syllable words in the next episode. It would be great. That would make yeah honestly a killer internet series like good a season two season or something run like that ten minutes wanna, each. What do you think, Harmon? Let me know. I want to see I want <laughs> to see Kim Jong Un on yeah it needs uh, to be animated for sure. I want to see Kim Jong Un on Hot Ones, the show with <laughs> yeah. hot wings and even hotter questions. <laughs> yeah. Or I think it's hot questions and even hotter wings. I think it yeah. should be the other way around, but I think that would be a great format for him. These wings are really good, by the way. Thanks for yeah them yeah in. no problem. Yeah. We don't have poultry on Lutelico. <laughs> We fly them. It's coming though. Yeah, soon to be a staple, but not. We're not quite there yet. I don't know. I think like, I don't know. And Staples then, a strong other, word, other thing I've been watching a lot is a lot of ISIS documentaries. Been finding those really interesting. Yeah, I think. I mean, we've talked about ISIS a handful of times in the yeah. past, just with respect to like this. Uh, yeah, our, our uh, American propaganda sort of in the way that they're sort of viewed through that lens of like, oh, this is who the bad guys that we got to go take care of right now. They're fucking threatening everything with respect to American ideals and way of life when obviously it was a cause and react sort of thing. And right. This is a natural extension of how we behaved, you know, within countries in the Middle East. So it totally makes sense that, you know, you know, it's finds itself in this position. But what what about ISIS particularly, though? I don't know. I think it's just like... Is it still just, again, something where it's so unlike anything that you've expo- been exposed to and sort of it's, witnessed within the and country it, behaving? It's this very, like... I, I feel like it's this very counterculture movement. And, mm-hmm. like, it's this very, like... It's similar to, I think... And, I mean, I'm going to make these leaps, but let me justify it. No, go ahead. It's similar to, like, this right-wing, this, like, new, like, alt-right... Not counterculture new, not movement. New. It's Nazism. It's been well, around for well, a while. No, no, no. Uh, it's just a new. I, new I said, mask. let me make it. I said, let yeah. me make the connection. No, yeah, so, so no, I'm not. I'm not saying that you're wrong with the connection, but just deeming it as new is a miss. Yeah, okay. So, so, so you have the alt right. You have resurfacing you have, Nazism. Right. So you have all these counterculture movements, whether mm-hmm. it's ISIS, whether it's the alt right, and I feel like it's the it's the same as this like grunge like cobain like <laughs> punk rock movement I'm like seriously like, going to leave the room hold right on now. hold on no i'm saying like, i'm saying they're doing it days. under the same pretense yeah. like they're just trying to be counterculture like like the seattle like or, like or these rock. these new like milo yiannopoulos type people who are like yeah. you know hating everything that the mainstream is telling you like they're just trying to be counterculture yeah. all yeah, he yeah, wants yeah, to yeah. do punk. is counter he, yeah. he's a punk exactly he's he's he thinks he's punk yeah, Al Baghdadi like, is punk. Al Baghdadi is punk. I mean, Al Baghdadi is punk as hell, right? Yeah, like yeah, he is. he's just trying to counter, like you know, he sees like the West spreading, and he sees like this new culture that's being integrated, and he's just trying to be opposite of that. He's just trying to be counterculture. He's just trying to say, no, we need to go back to traditionalist ways. We need to go back to right. traditionalist thinking. And I think I think there is importance in counterculture, and I think counterculture can be good. I'm not saying counterculture is bad, but I'm saying I think a lot of these radical groups that we don't like and are doing terrible things are just appropriating this counterculture mentality when you don't need to. There's an important time for counterculture, right? The time for counterculture is when there truly is like 
oppression that needs to be overthrown, I mean, right? The like, like right now, like the slave rebellion in Haiti, that was counterculture, you could right? Also these use these energy, slaves, though. these slaves rose up and they freed themselves from their masters, right? That's a counterculture movement, but mm-hmm. that's for the best, right? So it all depends on what is the point of the counterculture movement. What are the goals of the counterculture movement? Mm-hmm. Right. If the goals are noble, you know, then it's fine. Sure, be counterculture. But it's like, what what the fuck's your, the point of your counterculture yeah. movement? I guess there's so much to unpack there, but mm-hmm. I, and I might have missed a little bit. But this uh, from ISIS calling and, them Nazis okay. and calling all right Nazis is a bit reductive, just because it's the truth. It, it, it's, it's exactly it's what the truth. It is. It's, it's exactly like well, <laughs> calling them all right. Saying this no, is a new thing. It's not calling new. them it's all better, right. Not better, calling them all right. Yeah. Calling them worse. Something something worse is appropriate. Yeah. But, Whatever you want to call. But they're Nazis, more complicated truly. sort of mass of people that. Deserve sort of a, oh, a more specific description because they're like they're like new misogynists. They're like they they have these aspects of nationalism and they're mostly just white dudes. But they're they're not necessarily Nazis in the same way just because I mean they, well, they also, fight for the same thing. There's a lot of and variety here too. They're not, they just they're came not from all, different places. Everybody that supports this kind of idea that are lumped into the alt right isn't doesn't have the exact same prejudices. It, it does all, it's a very general kind of thing, but there are, there's a lot of variation with respect to how they act. It's all just built on intolerance and nationalism, but there's a lot of right. variances between the people that yeah. film this respectively. Yeah, like I, I know kids, I, 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 know, I know some kids that are sort of subscribed or prescribed to sort of these ideologies or part of these ideologies where they they have attachments to like conservative conservative outlets and sort of the internet takes them to more radical paths and 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 they sort of know it's naughty they sort of know it's that's I mean, what it is it's, i'm it's, talking it's about people i can't really talk about doing. but it's 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 they they it, they know it's they know it's wrong. They know it's not necessarily factual, and I don't necessarily know that it's inter- they know it's entertainment. I think they think it's semi serious, or they think it's like mm-hmm. serious but also really wrong right. in a way. And that's something. that's that's what I'm trying to get <clears throat> yeah, at, and, right? And I the- think like they can use counterculture. They can use um, the facade of like rebellion and the facade of punk. Oh yeah, but, it's totally but, a front for that. But it's not. Like the punk, the impetus behind these things is like punk was a an underclass thing, and mm-hmm. and a lot of like rebellious counterculture, um, sort of movements are underclass movements. And marginalized the people that people come from that the alt right are not yeah. marginalized. They're not yeah, exactly. underclass. They're the only aspect of them is that they're starting to become more marginalized because they had a bigger slice of the pie before. Yeah. Right. So their jobs are getting exactly. taken, or they're their rights are getting taken in a, in a way that they view their rights are getting yeah. taken. They, they they get confused with being treated fairly is they they think being treated fairly yeah. is being marginalized when it's like really like no you're just evening yeah. it out. Yeah, it's, you're it's just getting your extra cookies taken yeah. away. It's used <laughs> like, to going from you being like, used to othering people yeah. and now being the slowly becoming right. the other and you're, not being comfortable with that. Yeah, your allowance used to be a hundred dollars a day, and then we're just like okay, we're gonna cut that back to fifty, and they're like I'm being marginalized. It's like yeah. no you were given way too much earlier it's like rich kids in high school who had like an audi and had like a bunch of money and just sort of and then blew it yeah exactly not terribly unlike myself and (laughs) you had an audi uh not terribly unlike myself and um they sort of ran with their thoughts because they weren't challenged and they didn't they they were succeeding on a sort of superficial level yeah but they didn't have 
Yeah. Nobody was telling them that their ideas were dumb right. or their ideas were flawed. They were getting through a system comfortably without mm -hmm. like challenging. Your first car was a Ferrari, and then you totaled it, and they're like, "Oh, all right, now you have to drive a Corvette." And they're like, "This is I can't stand for this." Like this dealership <laughs> is full of cucks. Yeah, can't pretty much. Deal with it. <laughs> all right, so yeah, plants. Plants are good. Eat Which plants. is the core of this. Yeah, yeah, plants are important. Plants are good, nationalism bad. Bitch, you know you can't parallel park anyway. We can't be no number one, but we can be the jam. Cause what these niggas own was not my favorite song. Not no number one, cause they gon' do you wrong. And they gon' play you out. My brother's soul crack and my sister was a real one. Always was a real one. Saw you working early. Tell me how you feel, huh? Baby, what's your hurry? Get it how you live, huh? Baby, what's your name? I've been going through a lot. I can do this on my own. Got no place to go to shot. And that's a long one. Hey, they gon' love you when you hot. They won't miss you when you gone. If you're looking for a spot, that's the wrong one. 